Hi guys and welcome to Read a Book with Spiwe and today we are wrapping up our book series on Deep Work by Carl Newport. You know, but before we get into today's content, I just want to take a minute and really just express my gratitude to you guys. You know, you have been so amazing in so many ways. You know, this is first series in um this podcast and it's quite amazing to see the response that you guys have given us you know um i just sit and i read the messages that come through after each episode they are so encouraging and yet they're helping us to sharpen um our focus on what matters the most which is what you guys are finding to be relevant you know with you as you listen you know so that has been very helpful and i hope that you continue doing that you know the one person in particular you know they actually went into an extent of comparing the previous episodes that we've had to the most recent one and they shared how you know in the recent episode certain things were drawn out and you'd find it quite amazing because none of those things were done intentionally but when you guys point these things out it actually helps us you know as we create this content to 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 provide what really matters what you find helpful as you listen because in as much as this might have started as a hobby now it is growing into a platform where we are making impact and we do not take that lightly you know we want to give you guys things that matter things that um, are transforming your lives you know another person shared about how you know they they've gone into looking for the book um Cal Newport deep work and they want to start implementing this principle in their lives which is quite amazing when you think about it you know the whole idea was that you know we reinvent and we revamp the culture of reading so if we could get one person out of all the people that are listening to go buy a book and sit down and read i think we are on to something great considering that this is what this was our very first um series on this show you know with that being said um there are certain things that i also want to cover today um in, in line of what is coming up next on the podcast you know uh actually um should I? Should I not? I don't know. Maybe let me wait until we get into the end of this before I spill the beans. But one thing that's worth saying, just to prime you, is that August, since it's Women's Month, we have planned something that is really, really amazing. You know, if you don't have your socks on, you better put them on because what we have coming up for you is going to knock your socks off. So, yeah. And today, I actually just want to give you a couple of things in line of building up deep work. You know, as I was reading this book and as I was trying to internalize all the principles and the things that Carl Newport talks about, all the examples and the people that he talks about, that he writes about who have embraced deep work and how deep work has, has transformed their life, I summed it up to um, a certain key things that might help one to build this culture of doing deep work in their lives. You know, if you remember, we had Dr. Mkwanazi coming in and he shared how him being a lecturer, you know, um, and then also playing a management position in his faculty requires him to to be on his emails. And, you know, he has also found emails to be a distraction to a certain extent. You know, how he wakes up early to prepare and after preparing, he gets deep in the work. He gets about two hours before work starts. And, you know, I find that really, really amazing. The discipline that comes with doing that and knowing and understanding what it would take for you to actually get to do deep work is 
um, is, is, is really key in, in, in doing this. But I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself, as I always do. Um, so let me just take a breather and then we'll get started with today's content. So today, three key points to building your culture of deep work in any context. I believe that these three will work in any context, considering that there's more than just three. But I think these three are literally just the foundational of all the others. You know, and the first thing that if you've listened to all the other two episodes and you're thinking, man, I want to get started with deep work, but I don't know how to do it. You know, I want to get started, but I don't know where to start. So the first thing that you really want to do is you want to identify the true measures of productivity in what you do. You know, I don't know, maybe you could be um, an employee, you could be an employer, you could be self-employed, you could be running your own business, you could be working for an organization just like I do, you know, working for a church um, and, and leading a campus ministry. And what identifying your key um, performance indicators would do is it would enable you to actually just zoom into the things that matter. I've found that over time, you know, it is so easy to find gratification in doing the mundane, the things that do not yield to what I would consider, you know, um, um, uh, the, the, the true measures of productivity in each and every day. Like I enjoy spending time with students. I enjoy um, eating lunch with students. I found to be the most effective way of discipling them you know when there is um, a meal that we are talking over you know everyone is just free we are flexible you know we we are not under the yoke of oh, this is discipleship this is church kind of thing you know and to a certain degree that for me is my key um productive indicator if i get to do that if i get to have a genuine conversation with a student if i get to do life with a student outside of their daily routine um that's discipleship you know so i long to do those things but it's not the only thing that i do you know i also preach i also um read a lot of um stuff regarding um campus ministry especially since you know the times are changing we are doing campus ministry under COVID, which is like literally, it's just draining. The idea of doing church online, recording, having one-to-ones, having connect groups online, all of these things are new to me and they're draining. So um, identifying really what is it that is your key performance um, indicator or rather what, what, what is it that when you do, you would consider your day productive will help you to zoom into what matters the most and not only zoom into what matters the most but it will also enable you you know to ignore that which might be stealing time from that which matters the most you know and once you've done that the second thing that i would advise you to do is to identify distractions it's quite amazing because distractions to a certain degree they could be things that you kind of need to do work um, I don't know what the environment you're working in is like, you know, maybe you're working in an open plan office setup where you can see everyone, where you can just track a conversation anyhow with people, you know, and, and, and oftentimes um, the modern structure of workplace is like that. And I have found that, you know, this open plan idea is very destructive. 
especially if you want to do deep work. Carl Newport speaks boldly about this, about how, you know, even though we might think that the ability to bounce off ideas will enable one to be more creative in what they do, you know, um, I think the antithesis is also true. It takes us away from doing what matters the most. It takes us away from doing work. It's easy, you know, if you have someone who's chatty in your circle that you might find yourself just constantly talking, you know, and it's quite amazing because I remember you know, in my previous work, we used to have open plan offices as well. And we'll go to an extent that we'll have to put in um, earports just so that uh, we, we, we kind of pretend as if we're listening to something just to ignore the other people and then you get to do work. Sometimes they would be engaged in, um, engaging in a conversation that uh, for them they need to, but you hearing that conversation distracts you from doing work. And that was also just another distraction. So you'd end up having to play music, which is the distraction on its own. So identifying the things that distract you from doing deep work would help you to kind of create a space where you are able to eliminate the distractions and get deep in the work that you want to do. You know, one key uh, or rather one major distraction is social media or the phone, just, you know, your cell phone. It's quite amazing that emails can find you wherever you are, you know, right now. You could be hiding in a very small cubicle or small office or you could just, I don't know where, but, you know, there's always someone who could send you a message or send you an email and the, the beep on the phone, it takes away the attention from what you're doing. So doing deep work would require you not only to identify them, but to eliminate these distractions. So, what then I would suggest is once you've dis um, identified the distractions, cut them out. You know, there's something called a radical amputation, at least for one hour, 30 minutes, or for the duration of the time that you want to get started with as you do deep work. You know, just switch off your phone. Um, if anyone wants you, let them send a message. You'll get back to them when you are done with what you're doing. You know, I've, I've, I've come to this realization that almost every message that I felt like was an emergency that I needed to attend to right there and then and could have waited, you know. So I think it's also pretty much the same to a certain degree. I found that, you know, if it's not my wife or it's not my lead pastor or my lead uh, elders, you know, in, in, in the church um, or mom, it, it almost can wait, you know, and sometimes even with my wife and these people, if they know that I'm engaged in something that I consider valuable, you know, and they want to relay some communication, if they do know that I value that time and whatever they want to share with me, if it can wait, you know, they often take time and then they just respect that space. So, uh, the, the primary thing that you want to do is you want to respect that space yourself. You know, you want to identify what matters the most to you. What is it that when you do, you feel like you've been productive? And what is it that distracts you, secondly? And then the third thing is you want to be a student of yourself. What do I mean about this? You know, we are all different, you know, and as I share about this, I cannot help but just think about Mofuti and Ngazi, the two guests that I had on the show and how different these two guys are and yet how they've gone to such lengths just to build the culture of deep work in their lives. And just thinking about what they've done, this literally says to me that, you know, it doesn't matter the character, it doesn't matter your personality, it doesn't matter the personal type, uh, personality type that you you are we can all do deep work 
you know, the key thing is that you understand yourself. By understanding yourself, I mean, when are you most productive? When are you most able to, you know, shut, shut out everything and just focus on the task at hand and execute that task with, you know, the least amount of time and yet maximum amount of concentration and focus. You know, when you do that, you'll probably get the most out of the time that you invest in doing deep work. You know, some people are night owls. That means you just wait for everyone to go to sleep instead of tuning into Facebook and watching that man in the forest building, you know, a swimming pool. You switch off your phone and you spend about an hour or two, you know, just focusing on the thing that you've identified to be a task that matters the most. It's either it's a, it's a business venture that you want to get into or it's something that you found fascinating that you 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 want to just explore, you know, and you want to do deep work in, you know, switch off your phone and lock yourself into a room or wait until everyone is asleep and just go sit and, you know, spend a couple of time in that thing with least amount of distraction because you know that you're not out, that you're most effective at night. Again, if you're more effective in the morning, you know, uh, it's quite amazing because the in, in the near future, we're going to be doing a book called The 5 a.m. Club. You know, it talks about how to own your morning. This morning, as I just record this, I just got reminded how I woke up at, I think it was around half past four. And because it's so cold, I think it was about minus three degrees, I kind of attempted to go back to sleep. And by the time I woke up, I was more exhausted than I was when I initially woke up. You know, what does this say to me? It says my body had had enough rest when I woke up the first time. If I had just woken up, tried to get myself warm, either switch on a heater or something and get started with work, I would have achieved quite a decent amount of work especially since my wife and my daughter would have been asleep at that time you know so the book the um, um, the 5 a.m club speaks about such things and how to own your morning and i'm looking forward to getting into the book with you so yeah and 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 also it's not just about finding out when you're most productive it's also what throws you off you know, and, and, and what do you consider effective when it comes to resting? How how do you rest, you know, the technique, um, the effective methods that you've found to work for you? You know, it's either, uh, I don't know, like right now, what different ways of resting one could do. But, you know, some people prefer sleeping. Some people, they prefer um, active rest, like having a, a minor workout session, it kind of help you concentrate or wake up um, fully, you know, those kind of things. So find these things that work for you, um, building up to doing deep work so that when you sit down and you engage to the task or the topic at hand, you know, whatever time you put into doing deep work, you get the most out of it. You know, last thing is be mindful of what rejuvenates you. You know, I, I think after a very long day, you know, like I said, when I introduced that postcard, this podcast, I drive at least one hour, 30 minutes every, it's like three hours, to be honest, three to four hours every day, just to go to campus, go to the office, meet with the students and come back and be home with my family. So what rejuvenates me is those, you know, two hours, three hours when I get home and I get to spend time with my daughter. We laugh, we you know, we just chill. We she's she's quite an amazing person to just be around. So that 
genuinely rejuvenates me. And it's quite amazing because not only do I get to do this in the morning, at night, but I also get to do it in the morning. Now, this means if I did it in the morning, you know, I feel like I'm rejuvenated in my spirit, like I'm refreshed, like I just can sit down and I can get deep in work. And, I, you know, these are the things that I've chosen to, you know, put on either side of my deep work time. Like they flank the hours that I've set apart to deep to do deep work, you know, doing the things that rejuvenate me and make me feel refreshed. Um, that being resting well, spending time with family in the morning, and then driving. And during the drive, I'll probably listen to music, listen to a podcast. Those things, they do rejuvenate me. Hearing new ideas, you know, singing along to the likes of um, Maverick City, they they really do um, uplift my spirit. And by the time I sit down, my mind is wide awake, you know, and I'm able to fully engage in the topic that I am diving into and on that particular day. So these are three things that I want to challenge you to get doing, especially if you want to do um, or build the culture of doing deep work. Identify the true measures of productivity in your work. One, identify distractions. Two, be the student of yourself. That is number three. You know, number three, I believe that this is something we ought to be doing whether or not you want to do deep work. So there you have it, guys. That is all that I had for you today. But this is not the end of the episode. I also want to just share briefly with you what to expect in the next um, month. So August, we are celebrating Women's Month. And we have such an amazing lineup of women coming. You know, we're going to be looking at books like The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We're going to be looking at, you know, The 5 a.m. Club. We're going to be doing um, two books with um, authors who wrote the books. And I'm not going to share the names of the books or the the people that are coming in. But these are all women. These are all ladies, you know, in spirits of celebrating Women's Month. So we're going to be celebrating Women's Month in style with amazing women who are doing an amazing amazing um, thing in this um, field of reading uh, books and writing books. And the whole idea is that I want to inspire you at home. If you have a book that you want to write, you know, by the time this month finishes, August, at least you should be started. If you want to read, you know, you should be st- you should have started reading. You know, the one person that I'm going to share briefly on is our first guest that I'm going to be doing the seven habits of highly effective um, pe- uh, people with. This person is amazing. You know, I recently had a conversation with her um, just pre-recording our episode and she was just sharing all the amazing things that she is doing she runs her own company she quit her work started a company and now she she built um, a, a circle of about 40 women who are in a book club so this means they read a book and then they have these um, sessions where they do book reviews and then because this book club was kind of exclusively for older women, not for younger women um, below the age of or women in high schools, if I remember correctly. What she did is she then went and 
she started another uh, club for younger women who are in high school, you know, and in that one, she has about 14 young women who are reading and talk about someone who's making an impact. You know, she really is amazing. Even in the field um, that she has ventured into business-wise, she is doing amazing things. You know, I don't want to talk about them before you hear about who they are on the show because, you know, I want you to hear firsthand from them. And after that conversation, I want you to just go flood their social platforms and see all the amazing work that they do and hopefully it will inspire you to get started with all the the amazing ideas that i know that you do have you know with that being said that is it from me today i am looking forward to august we are not gonna have uh the get reading segment on this episode unfortunately mainly because um i want to save up some few things that i want to share when we are have whole, uh, guests in, 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 in the near future. Unfortunately, we will not have an episode next week again because next week we'll be preparing for August. And when August comes, we'll hit the ground running. We are doing four different books, four authors, and we might have a bonus episode with this one amazing woman. Like she is, you know, when it comes to women, she is at the top. She's like literally this woman, and then she is like the cherry on top of what um, women's uh, act to be, you know, that's how amazing she is. That's all I'm going to say. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember to keep on sending those feedback messages. Keep, um, um, yeah, I really enjoy it when I hear from you. What do you think about this podcast? What can I do differently? You know, and another thing that I want to encourage you to do is if you have a book that you want to suggest that we look into, please share it. We'll probably have a look at it and see if it's something we could do on the show. Other than that, I pray that you have a blessed week. That's it from me, your host, Spiro. Cheers. Cheers.